Hello, it's Tuesday, so you know what that means. TV Tuesday. Spirekins Podcast, where we talk about all new TV shows. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hey, it's Greta. And we're back again for another fun-filled episode of this wonderful podcast that you could find at... www.spirekin.com You can also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher iTunes, Apple Music, and various other social media sites, and you can also join our Discord to recommend TV shows we talk about at tinyurl.com forward slash S-P-I-R-A-D-I-S-C-O-R-D, Spyro Discord. And if you want to leave any comments or concerns, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spyrokin.com. I think I'm done shilling now, right? Mm, yeah, shamelessly plugging. Yes, shamelessly plugging. So actually, let's get to it because we've been late a week. Last week, we did not release an episode. That's because I became an old man the day before the podcast. It was... Woohoo! Yes, I became older. And all of you have talked about how old I am. I am now the great old age of 39. I know, technically I should have pod faded and stopped talking about comic books and movies and video games, but I'm going to keep doing this as long as I fucking can. Because you, you don't have to swear, but you can still get older without actually ever growing up. I can swear. I've earned the right to swear. I am old man. I can swear at the kids for getting off my fucking lawn. <laughs> but I try not to. But anyway, um, so it's let's... dirty. Let's actually get to it, shall we? Because we have a lot to talk about. Not really. We have two shows to talk about because we're down to two TV shows. And next week, we're going to actually add a TV show miniseries, which I'm going to try to power through in, well, one week because I don't want to spend a lot of money on CBS Plus Online. Now, some of you are saying, oh, are you going to talk about Discovery? Or are you going to talk about Picard? No. I think we're going to talk about the miniseries The Stand. Get it out of the way, in and out. Which is pretty good. But... We're talking about two TV shows. One of them is a competition show, and the other one is a awesome science fiction western. Now we're going to start, as usual, talking about the basic feelings of this week, and then after the ending credits, we're going to have our spoiler section, so we're not going to spoil as much in our initial reactions to the shows. But since this is a competition show, we are going to talk a little bit about who's left. We're not going to reveal the identities of the individuals involved, though. Okay, cool? Cool. So let's start off with what TV show? I think we should start off with the one which is the most controversial because despite the fact that we've had the two best episodes of the season, arguably most people are not going to change their comments about the secondary character that everyone loves. They're going to keep calling it the Baby Yoda show. Because Baby Yoda falls off your mouth so much easier than Grogo, Grogo. Grogu. Yes, we're talking about The Google. Mandalorian, and we've had two amazing fan servicey and, might I say, awesome episodes. And the episodes we're talking about are episode 13, um, or sorry, season 2, episode 5, chapter 13, The Jedi, directed by Dave Filoni, and chap episode um, 6 of season 2, or chapter 14, The Tragedy, directed by great action director Robert Rodriguez also written by John Favreau and what can we say but holy shit these two episodes did so much in all the building for this entire season setting up so much and getting things ready now the first one kind of opened up very similar to an old Akira Kurosawa movie where you had a mysterious individual just straight up killing everybody 
Well, and the this is a a western. It no, that felt like a un- that felt like a samurai movie. But but a samurai movie is still kind of a western. That is very, well, a lot of westerns ripped off of samurai movies. So yeah, so right. So it's you know an unconventional western movie, yes. show television show and miniseries. Yes, and so this one, the whole season's MacGuffin has been that our main character, the Mandalorian, has been charged with bringing the child to one of its kind. We're talking about the Jedi. And in this episode, the Jedi, what happened is that the Mandalorian arrives at a world where there is a Jedi there, but the Jedi is currently sieging a city that the magistrate is kind of, well, let's be honest, they are doing some very nefarious things to the populace. It's kind of like when you when you see actually into that city, it's a little nightmarish. It's if it was in Roman times, those people would be crucified instead of them just being in like an energy cage, just standing there for hours on end. Being yeah, I zapped. didn't like that part. But the in de- real life, nobody was hurt making this. Yes, but the situation is that the Mandalorian's looking for a Jedi that's told that's on this planet, and the magistrate says, "Listen, I have a problem. There is a figure trying to kill me. You kill him, I'll give you a bunch of Beskar." And from there, we have a meeting between the two where it turns out that the Mandalorian is actually being really smart about this. And it leads to a bunch of reveals and some great elements to it. Uh, now, we have to go... I don't want to spoil too much more about this episode until we get to the spoilers, but we do learn the child's real name. Also, two fan favorites appear in this episode. One of them is the first time this character's ever appeared in physical media not in animated form and then the other uh character has been in the expanded universe for years and then it was in the animated series and now we're getting a nod to them so that's a little exciting so that's chapter 13 the jedi and let's get to the second episode the shortest episode of the season it was only 30 minutes long for it did feel short for chapter 14 the tragedy which was a shame because you would like a little more, but the way it went, it got right to the point. This was the fallout of the last episode. The Mandalorian has something that he has to do. He goes to do it, and when he goes to do it, he ends up getting into a firefight between not just the remnants of the Empire, but another individual who he technically is wronged or someone that they've been hinting at since the first season and um how would we how did you describe how i was when i saw the cameo not cameo the character when i saw the ship you were like jumping out of your skin and then i might have suggested to watch the whole se- the whole episode again and i thought you were going to pee yourself or something with excitement no no i don't know what you're talking about i was not that bad but i was fanboying yes i was fanboying i'm gonna make that a verb you're fanboying that is a verb i love the i love the character when i was younger he was actually the second star wars shirt i ever owned so it's like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god but um very cool episode however as the title suggests the tragedy it was a tragedy what happens Yes. And it's a big cliffhanger. It's not one of these, oh, we resolve the situation and that's it. It's a cliffhanger unlike the second episode of this season where the second episode it's like, okay, we're okay. It's just going to be kind of a bumpy ride. This is, 
there are major stakes now in play. I would say the best episode ending this would be equated to is probably the second to last episode of last season. When uh, uh, Quill, when you see Quill dead, when he was supposed to be guarding the child from last season. This is that level of of I'm not happy with how it ended. Yes. But... Is that a spoiler? Should we have said spoiler alert? No, the, the title, we didn't go too far, but it's not happy, and we'll go more into it in the spoilers. But this episode, these episodes, I think, honestly, were the best two episodes of the series. And not just because of the fanboy element, because of the construction, the pacing, and just the whole way it was built. Yes. Also, it set up so Agreed. much mythology, and it was how to backdoor things. It did what Star Wars has been trying to do since the prequels, but they did it better. They made you more interested in the universe, and they gave you ways to show the universe without being like, hey, you want to see more of the Skywalkers? Hey, look at this. It's 3PO. It's like this just kind of, it organically grew. Yeah, like it just kind of drops you in it, and then it doesn't mansplain. That's what I like about this. Unlike Last Jedi, which... Mansplained. Yes. Anyway, so that is Mandalorian. Now let's get to the other show. Do, 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 do. Masked Singer. Ba-do-boop. Yes, Masked Singer, Season 4, Episode 9 and 10. And Episode 9's title is The Mas- the Group C Finals, The Masks Give Thanks. And then Episode 10, The Semifinals, The Super 6. And actually there's going to be a not-mask episode this week because it's going to be the holiday sing-along. So it might be old mass singers singing in their costumes. It's a holiday sing-along? It's a holiday episode this week. I am so ready for this. So next week will be the finales. But let's get to actually what's going on with the mass singer this week. Because first off, it's group C. So all that's left is broccoli, mushroom, and jellyfish. And let's be honest. It's cutting it down to two. And before that, they open up with one of the best songs ever. One of the most popular songs of all time. Well, not of all time. Of the last 50, 60 years. Song made popular by five singers who their dad essentially, quote unquote, beat gold records out of them. The Jackson Five. Yes, we're talking about I Want You Back. And they did a really good job with this. I really was like, oh my God, Broccoli and Mushroom are doing really good. And, you know, we know Jellyfish is amazing because Jellyfish is amazing. So, for them, their performances of the night, they had uh, Don't Start Start Now by Dua Lipa. You had Unconditionally by Katy Perry. And then you had Old Time Rock and Roll by Bob Seger. And pretty good. However, what happened is that one of them won and then the other two got voted into the final, got uh, voted into a SmackDown. And... Honestly, the SmackDowns, I'm not a fan of. I like them. I like the premise. I like that. So I like that this is competitive, but it's not like the smack talk and everything is cute and witty and bantery and costume themey. And it's not like, oh, I'm taking you down. This is it. It's like more like the British baking show where, oh, I still want you to do well, but I want to win. No, I agree with that, but I just, it feels weird, especially because of the fact that they're doing two different songs. I would rather they're doing the same song. 
But then it's going to be, well, one song that the song might be better suited to their voice or better suited to the other person's voice. And I like to think that they are choosing their own SmackDown song. Like it should be, okay, what song are you going to sing to stay into the competition? What do you think you're best at? I, and if you choose Take Me Down by Alabama, then you're going to go home. Yeah. So, but yeah. So one of them went home, two were left. And then we had the week 10, which is the semifinals. And we had six players involved. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But first off, their group performance opening up was Take On Me by AHA. It was okay. Wasn't the best. It was okay. However, the group, the guest panelist came out playing I Will Survive. And I knew who he was immediately. I called him immediately, right? Yep. I knew who did. it was. And he did an amazing job. He's got a great uh, voice. And... The way that they did this, which kind of pissed me off, is they did... Because other years it's been, okay, it's a semifinals. So what we're going to do is we're going to vote for top three and then top three. Mix it up. Yes. This season, what they did is they did each group, the final two. So it's A and... So group A, their two finalists have to go against each other. Group B's go against each other. Group C goes against each other. And I did not like this. I Because one... Because there's weaker play, there's some groups that are weaker and so strong, and every one of them should be finalist. But you're gonna have a weaker group battle it out. Yeah, I I feel you. Like Group C should not have like Group C. How that happened was wrong. It was wrong. I agree. Group B, I'll give them. Group B made sense, but Group A that was a travesty. That was a travesty, I tell you. Because we've been rooting for the two finalists for Group A. We've wanted them to get to the finals, and this kind of screwed them out of it. The The crazy part is Season 5 is in one month. I know. I'm so happy there isn't a huge break. Season 5 will be in one month, so... But we're going to also have the Masked Dancer, which that seems like a weird abomination. Um. So, yeah. Um... We have our finalists, and we have no idea who they are. I hope that it works out. I'm not sure, though. What do you think? You think it's going to be a good final, or...? I think it's going to be a great finale. But before that, we have the sing-along next week, so I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be old ones or the new players are going to do it. Did we have a sing-along last year? No. First year this happened, so I don't know what's going to happen. I think we all need a little bit more festiveness... I don't know. I just don't know. We will see what happens. But I'm excited. And this will be good. And next week, like I said, we're going to have another show we're going to be talking about. And that's going to be pretty cool. And then after that, who knows? Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Right? Yes. So we will see what happens next week. So stay tuned for... Stay tuned for our next uh, discussion. We've got some for our spoiler section. And next week we're going to be talking about these two shows. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. I'm Zan. I'm Greta. We're Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. And keep watching TV. See ya.
time. Holy smoke. So first off, let's get to it, shall we? We're talking about Mass Singer, and let's get to it. You called the the winner of the group, the loser of the group C uh, semifinals way early, and the person who lost was, sadly... Paul Anka. Broccoli. And Paul Anka, that I was kind of shocked by, because it's Paul Anka, who he's... A, it's Paul Anka. Yeah, for those of you who have no idea who Paul Anka is... um. Stop what you're doing right now and watch Gilmore Girls. No, easier than that. Um, he is a, a well-known writer of music. Like he wrote Tom Jones's "She's a Lady," the theme for the Tonight Show. Uh, he uh, wrote the English lyrics for um, "My Way." He co-wrote a song with Michael Jackson, and he's been around for a while. And he is pretty epic. So seeing him as the broccoli was kind of shocking because i thought but he said like i love this because it's me having fun yep and that's what a lot of them say is that they just have fun to screw around and try something different um but yeah and so it left the mushroom and yeah the mushroom and the seahorse and let's be honest out of the two the seahorse made it to the top and then they kept the mushroom the mushroom should have surprising the mushroom should have been gone a long time ago i really think that there's an there is a agenda behind it i'm not sure but i don't know the mushroom something's something's weird there i don't know why so that happened then we get to the next episode and holy smokes going into it everyone went crazy we had our different groups we had the sun singing when the party's over by billy eilish and the popcorn singing Better Be Goods Me by Tina Turner, which everybody was on their feet for that one. Yep. And Craig Roberts looked like he was going to cry because um, popcorn did amazing with that. But he said, like, the, the popcorn raised me up, but the sun made me fly. The sun did an acapella acoustic version of when the party's over no music just her singing and killed it she killed it like the the judges were crying like legitimate heartfelt emotionally touched beautiful tears both of them should have been the finale and because of this stupid method yes agreed uh because of this method popcorn got knocked out uh, for Group B, you had The Seahorse and Crocodile, and you had That's the Way I Like It by Bruno Mars, and then you had I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, and, or sorry, not That's the Way I Like It, that's, that's What I Want by Bruno Mars, or That's What I Like, and surprisingly, Crocodile kicked ass. Sea, yeah. Seahorse did good, but Crocodile did it better. He had them, you know, he did, had everyone waving and smiling and... In a good place. Yeah. But I feel like there are no bad singers anymore. Then we get to Group C. We had Jellyfish doing Stay by Rihanna featuring Mickey Echo. And then we had Valerie by Amy Winehouse done by Mushroom. And... I liked it. I didn't. It's not me shitting on... It just... I don't like Amy Winehouse. We talked about this in Dancing with the Stars. I don't like Amy Winehouse. She has it's a, and it's a, and it's the same fucking song. 
I like the song. It's the same. I just realized it now. It's the same song that Johnny Weir was dancing to. Yeah. And I don't like that song. So maybe I am being judgmental. However, I don't think... I think Jellyfish did a better job. However, the votes happened, and they did their typical, Oh, no, I wasn't the one who voted against you. No, we don't want to see you go. Yes. And uh, like I said, the guest judge was Craig Robinson. He was doing really... He was being very clever with his answers. But surprisingly, the first group was... Uh, group C, and who got it right? Ken! Ken called it immediately and was so happy he deserved it. He did a good job with that. Um, it, the, they say it takes a very intelligent, well-trained, or talented actor to play somebody who's really stupid. And I think Ken is so much smarter than he lets on and so much funnier than he hams it up for. But he plays to his stereotype, and he th- he laughs at himself. But when it comes down to it, he's like, "Okay, this one I really know. It's this." Yeah, but he is the smartest one in the room. Let's be honest. He he has a medical degree, and he's a practicing doctor. It's not like he's like true. Let's be honest. Everybody else, for the most part, I mean, Nicole Scherzinger is a music writer. She writes some amazing songs. You She's ha- a different kind of intelligence, though. Yeah. You have uh, Robin Thicke, amazing singer. Then Jenny McCarthy, who is Jenny McCarthy. And then Nick Cannon. She, Jenny who, McCarthy is, like, beautiful and authentic. Uh, She's authentic. She is who uh, she is. She's like, yeah, I've had plastic surgery. Here's my boobs. You know, like, like a younger Dolly Parton. I do have to say, though, that if... if Jenny or Robin or Nick lost their looks or their voice, they would be screwed. <laughs> Ken is, I'm ugly. I, I'm, in, but that's mean. I love them all. I think they're all great. I really, except for Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon, because of that whole debacle. That was really messed up. How he kept his job, I'm pretty sure he probably paid a lot of money or has dirt on somebody to, to keep the job. But, so the losers were, uh, we said the popcorn, the jellyfish got knocked out, and then. The seahorse got knocked out. So who were these wonderful, amazing people? Well, first off, the mush or this jellyfish was was Chloe Kim, who is uh, the youngest woman to win an Olympic snowboarding gold medal. She's a four-time X Games gold medalist and a, and a singer on Masked Singer. And she's the youngest Masked Singer. And she's got really cute dimples. Yes, she's adorable. And also, when you see her without the 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 mask, like the jellyfish costume is like. A costume you could wear out to like a rave and you're perfectly fine. Yeah. It's not bulky and weird. It looks really cool. You um, sound really old when you say you can wear it to a rave. People still... go to Coachella now. No, they go to raves still. Okay. Go to most con sites. They say, what happened to the rave? Still raves. Anyway, then you have Victoria. Uh, Seahorse was Victoria Laureen Kelly or Tori Kelly, the singer, songwriter, actress, record producer, and person from the ninth season of American Idol. And that one, kind of shocking. Right? Yes. She was really good. but whatever. She was. And then last and not least, the person who half people were saying it's Tina Turner and half people were saying it's Taylor Dane. And the answer was... Taylor Dane! Who sang, sang, who sang, tell it to my heart, tell me you're the only one. But she sounded like Whitney Houston. Yeah, she does not. She should have been in the finals. Look like how she sounds. Yes, 
She did. I knew. Um, I thought it was Tina Turner hardcore until she sang a Tina Turner song, and then I was like, I still thought it was Tina Turner, even when I was like, I don't know, but I was hoping it was Tina. Ah. Uh, because it's singing Tina Turner's "Better Be Good to Me," and I thought, I'd be like, that'd be a twist if a singer was singing their own song. Yep. But yeah, so our finalists are the Sun, the Mushroom, and the Crocodile, and I'm putting my money on the Sun. Yes, agreed, hundred percent. The Sun's got to take it. Sun has to take it at this point. It's got to be Group A Sun. Come on, Sun. Who do you think the Sun is? I have no idea. I don't know. But now let us get to the other show, the the quote-unquote child show, the Baby Yoda show, or as we now know him, the Grogu show. Because we find... Yeah, the Baby Yoda show. (laughs) Because we find out... Well, first off, let's get to it. So... The Jedi that they reveal is Ahsoka Tano, who is, re- re- who is from the Clone Wars TV show. Now, if you don't know who Ahsoka Tano is, Ahsoka Tano, she had a very, well, how to put this nicely? Ahsoka Tano is, uh, who is her master? You know, her Jedi master. Who wasn't a master? Who was a Jedi knight? You know, he's a little pompous asshole. <laughs> hmm? You know, it's just... This, Anakin. Yes. She is the Padawan to Anakin Skywalker. She's the protagonist of the Clone Wars, and she was in Star Wars Rebels. And they finally have her in live action, and she's played by Rosario Dawson. And when, and I love Rosario Dawson, and I think she's killing it. And when you first see her, it is insane. Because... The tentacle hair stuff is... no those are those are lee crews those are she's a she's a tagruda that's her head yeah that's why I, yeah that's actually tentacle hair things yeah are so cool i just love that when you it's like like you first see her you don't she's just wearing the hood ghosting people and you don't know it's her until you just see both of her white lightsabers go off and she kills everybody around her I and mean, you're first like is she just ghosting people it's like yeah she is but they're not good people. Um, the the person in charge, Morgan Elizabeth, is a fucking monster. She's an old school imperial magistrate who is a complete... Like, she's like, okay, you're going to mess with my men. I'm going to kill 100 people because I can. Yeah, because you care about them, and so I'm going to kill them. Yeah, and then she ends up trying to hire... Uh, the Mandalorian to kill Ahsoka by giving him a spear made entirely out of Besker. Which is pretty good. That that thing is probably worth a starship or two. And I like that he's like, sure, I'll do it. Not. Yeah. And then you have, of course, her mercenary friend Lang, who, let's be honest, Lang is... Has it coming. No, he is the type of... Like, he's an every Western. He's that henchman who's like... Who you'd think he's smart enough. Like, he speaks it and he's like, like listen... We don't have to do this. You know, I'll probably shoot you in the back, but we shouldn't do this. We're, we're cool, right? <laughs> like, he's going to backstab you. He's a dirty steak, but he seemed to have preservational intelligence just a little bit. Right? I don't know. I think he's a worm. Yeah, a little bit. However, wow. First off, when she meets, uh, Ahso- when Ahsoka meets the Mandalorian... She tries to kill him, and he says, listen, Bo-Katan sent me. And she looks, she's like, 
is this about him? And she ends up talking to him, and it turns out that he is Grogu. He was a Jedi um, a youngling before the rise of the Empire. So that brings the question, how the hell did he survive Anakin Skywalker killing all the younglings? Because he is magic. He's Baby Yoda. But his name is Grogu, and... And it's so darn cute when Mando goes, Grogu? And he's like, yeah? <laughs> and he's like, call his name. And because she says, listen, I'll train, I'll complete his training if you help me defeat uh, Elsbeth. And pretty much Mando kills Lang while Ahsoka confronts Elsbeth. And and they have a really cool fight sequence. No music, just the sounds of their weapons fighting. And then you have the other cameo is where she asks about the whereabouts of Elsbeth's master. We're talking about old school Expanded Universe villain, Grand Admiral Thrawn. And that is old school. Grand Admiral Thrawn, for those who don't know, is from the original um, Timothy Zahn books from 1991, Heir to the Empire. And he is the only alien Imperial military commander who, in the original Expanded Universe, took over the, the Imperial remnants. And he's a military strategy genius and was pretty messed up. And he's been brought back in Rebels. They've changed his identity a little bit, but he is pretty badass. And he's very memorable because of his look. Yes. Yeah. You can't confuse him for a human. No. Because, let's be honest, most of the uh, Imperial group are very xenophobic. Like, their spies are aliens, but they're super, you have to be pure human. And this is one of the legend characters, so it's really cool to hear about him. Um, but afterwards, Ahsoka tries to train Grogu, and Grogu, one, does not listen to her. He has too much of an attachment to the Mandalorian. He has a very strong attachment to the Mandalorian, but also he's been hiding his powers to stay alive and stay safe. And because he has the attachment to the Mandalorian, and because he is so fearful, immediately Ahsoka's like, I can't train him. It'd be better just to let him lose his powers. I've seen where this goes. And we all know where she saw it go because... I feel like saying, what What did you see? What did you see? Yeah, it's her master went crazy. Well, she found out eventually her master killed everybody and essentially purged all of their family and friends. So, yeah. However, she says, listen, go to this ancient temple on the planet Tythal and Grogu can sit on the Seeing Stone, use the Force, essentially make a Skype call, and find another Master. And if there is another Master, um, if there's another Master, they'll pick him up. Otherwise, he's with you. And then before he leaves, Ahsoka gives the Mandalorian the Besker Spear, and he's like, "I don't want to take this. I was I didn't complete the job." And she's like, "This belongs with you." Yeah, take it. Yeah. And so they fly off. And this brings into more questions because last week when we talked a little bit about the return of Cara Dune, one thing we didn't bring up is the fact that Dr. Pershing, the doctor who was experimenting with all the stuff with on Baby, on uh, Grogu and everything, talked about the fact that the experiments were being injected with blood with high M count. And I hate to bring it up, but M count probably means... Magic count. No, midichlorian. Yay. So they're bringing back midichlorian. But they're calling it M-count, so I'm fine with that. But the fact he has 
things. You have the bad guys chasing him after him. And you're wondering when this is going to fall out. Because if you remember correctly, last episode, the spy put a tracer on the Razor Crest. And so we get into the tragedy. So the tragedy, the Mandalorian with his his fixed ride, the Razor Crest gets... His fixed ride. How many times has this been fixed? Like four times? He gets to Tython and he sees the seeing stone. I love that he's like, he sees that there's no way to, nowhere to park. And he's like, you know, what? we're going to have to go with this with the windows windows rolled down. And he's actually talking to Grogu. That's the cool part. It's not him saying three words. In a, he's actually having a conversation with Grogu. You know what it reminds me of? Um, Tom Hanks, uh, the castaway with Wilson. How so? Because he's continuing to talk and have conversations, even though he's getting nothing back other than... Yeah, but it's from the first episode, he was not very talkative. He had like maybe 10 lines the first season, but now he's talking. So it seems like... Yeah, Grogu, but he's talking to Grogu. Who, on the one hand, is his charge. Well, actually, no, that's the point. It's his charge. He's technically in his clan. Until he returns him, he's the part of his clan. So he's family. But doesn't it remind you of that at all? No? Uh, Just me? I could see it. But anyway, so... I love that line of where he says, like, uh, let's, we're going to have to go out with the, the windows down. And you see me flies out with the jetpack, lands him, and puts him on there. And he's like, okay, um, Grogu makes the call. And he's just sitting there like, eh. he doesn't know what to do. He's like. No, he knew exactly what to do. But he didn't. Well, it took him a while to get to, to meditating. But also the other thing is that beforehand when they're in the spaceship, he tells Grogu, listen, make the call. Do you find someone who'll take care of you? And Grogu kind of looks sad because... Because he likes Mando. He doesn't want to be left alone because Mando's like his adopted dad. His protector. So anyway, as we're watching this, suddenly we see a ship fly through the sky. A ship shaped like an iron. Yes, Slave One. <laughs> and we see he's like, oh God, someone's here. We gotta go. And you see... Without any armor, looking with his whole dad bod and scarred up, Boba Fett has shown up. And he's helped with the mercenary Fennec Shand from the first season. and Who we all thought was dead. But at the end of the, that episode, we saw uh, Boba Fett picked, picked her up. Yeah. And we see that she, he repaired her by making her a cyborg. Yep. And it gets into a fight where they start fighting each other and they say, listen... I'm here for the armor. It's like, you're not taking my armor. He's like, I don't want your armor. I want my armor. What do you mean? The one that was stolen by Cobe Vanth. And he's like, he's like, you're a foundling? And he's like, he's like, he's like no. He's like, my no. My father. That's my father's armor. And they get into a little argument, but then and it becomes a whole, listen, she'll shoot the kid if you don't do it. All right, fine, fine. If you promise the safety of Grogu, you get the armor. And as they say this, unfortunately, who shows up? Bad guys. Moth Gideon and a bunch of stormtroopers. And then what happens is a siege on the ancient temple on Tithal, where you have Fennec, Fett, and the Mandalorian repelling the stormtrooper attack. While Baby Yoda, Groku, is essentially using the force to make a call where no one can touch him because Mandalorian's like, we gotta go. And he can't because there's a force shield around him because he's so focused on making, on calling other Jedi. And one of the things that is cool is Boba Fett is a very famous character. Most people know him from Empire Strikes Back when Vader says, no disintegrations as you command. He's just a badass who captured Han Solo. And 
he's only had like maybe five minutes of screen time, but he has such a mythology behind him in the expanded universe, in the comics. And everyone says, he's really cool. But then you watch the prequels and he's just a dumb little kid who took his, his dad's head out of a, out of a helmet. We don't see him being cool. In this episode, we see Boba Fett being no i'm gonna challenge you he's not cool he's badass he is mercilessly mowing down all these guys with a right like the same type of rifle that luke skywalker used in the first movie so it's like a little pea shooter gun and he's using a gaffy he's stick he's using it yeah but he uses that like as a full-on club and then no the gaffy stick the gaffy at stick one point gaffy he stick. sees um the razor crest <laughs> right and he goes and gets his armor and then it gets real, like because at first, because no, but the first thing is you see him is he's he runs out of ammo, uses the gaffy stick, and these are like stormtroopers, like no one can hurt us in their in our armor. And you see him proceed to beat the armor, just just smashing the armor with the gaffy stick. And you're like, oh my god! The armor just shatters and cracks like spun sugar. Yeah, but then I've you, been watching the British but, baking show. Yes, but then you do see him get the armor, and when he comes back, I hate to say it. It's, it's, it's like, when you see him, it's like when your dad puts on his old varsity jacket saying, it still fits. And you see and then his like, gut and you see all the stuff. And then he like sinks a three-pointer and you're like, okay, well, maybe he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he decimates all of them and it's... But it is funny. One of the running jokes is that Boba Fett wasn't a great shot. And at the ending, there's a really cool sequence where you see two ships flying away and he shoots one of them down, and he's like... And it hits the other one, takes like, it down. No, he's like, good shot. He's like, I was aiming for the other one. And you're like, womp, womp. But ends up repelling the stormtroopers. However, a bunch of droid dark troopers show up and capture Grogu while all this is going on. Because Grogu finishes meditating and kind of passes out. Because he's really good with his powers, but... His powers are really strong, but they suck the energy out of him. And he gets tired because he's still a little kid, technically. And afterwards, just to be petty, because it's Moth Gideon, I think he's a little pissed off because they destroyed his 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 tie bomber. Moth Gideon blows up the Razor Crest, just completely just fires on it and poof, blows it up, and then it ends. And then Boba Fett shows in the armor. There's actually a data log, which is written in the. Um, Amon Bosch uh, dialect. So that's the official Star Wars language. And it actually says that fe- that, Bo- that Jango Fett was a foundling. He was a member. He fought in the Mandalorian Wars. And this is his son. So it's like, this is your armor. This is the way you could take it. And we have a deal. And Boba Fett, instead of just taking the armor and going, says, no, we had a deal. The deal was for the safety of the child. And until the child is back in your arms... We're with you. We're with you. So Fennec, the girl... But again, if you remember from the Fennec episode, she made a deal with the Mandalorian and he was fine with it. He's like, fine, we have a deal. And the other, the young gunslinger kid, he killed her. So it's not terrible. So they do have an honor. So they end up going back to uh, Fett's uh, Slave One ship and they end up going to Navarro, and immediately you get to Cara Dune, who's back again. And it turns out she's now officially a sheriff of the New Republic. Who just saw that coming? Yeehaw! And she agrees to help out. And the thing is, how is she gonna help them out? Well, they're gonna find. They have to break out. Um. Uh, what's his name? Mig 
Mayfield, a.k.a. one of my least favorite comedians of all time. Uh, we're talking about, um, what is his name? Um, brain not working right now. It is uh, Bill Burr. Uh, Bill Burr is back, going to be back next episode. So they're breaking him out of the New Republic prison. However, after this is over, the episode's about to end, and they show Grogu in a holding cell on the new Imperial shuttle that they weren't able to catch because they kidnapped him and they ran off after he blew up the ship. But you see in the cell, he is pretty much force choking two guys and decimating them. And Gideon walks in with his groups. They're going to they're gonna stun him. And he's like, no, uh, uh, just watch, just watch. And he he's mopping the floor at them, and then he's getting tired. And Gideon's like, oh, hello, little guy. Cool. Like, you're so good at that, but you're tired. You're getting tired. And you see him, he pulls out the... You've seen one of these, right? And he pulls out the Darksaber, turns it on, and you see Grogu trying to manipulate it to kill him. And he's like, nah uh you're not big enough for this yet. You'll put your eye out. Nice, har, har. Li- nice little reference to Christmas... Uh, story but then they knock him out and he says call the doctor tell him we have our donor put him put that thing in shackles so we got two episodes left and we have another season coming out so i hope this ends really well because this is kind of a magnificent episode a magnificent seven again but the problem here is that unlike last season you don't have ig uh 46 you don't have a uh, krill. Krill. I have spoken. Oh, okay. Yes. And I don't know if uh, if certain people are going to help. I don't think that uh, grief Karga is going to help. Well, because he's magistrate of his planet, so I don't know. Because right now we have, um, and let's be honest, Cobb Vanth from the first episode, he was only cool because he had his armor. And his armor is Boba Fett's armor, so. True. I mean, the only person left is Q9, but Q90 is a bad guy. It's just that they've reprogrammed him, kind of. No, actually, no, Q9 is gone. He got blown up. Because he was in the Razor Crest. Oh, and before I forget, the last things they found, he took from the Razor Crest, because it's been destroyed completely. Only two things survived. The Vesker spear. Yep. And the little ball, the little control knob that that, that Grogu would play with. That Grogu, it was Grogu's favorite. Yeah. I wonder if Rosario Dawson's going to be back for another episode. I hope so. Because then that's, if, if not, then that's just a mean teaser. No, it's not. They, supposedly the rumor is right now they're going to, she's getting her own show. And well, that, that would be awesome. That makes sense. But you know who would be cool? Bo-Katan. And yeah. And her Mandalorians. Because yeah. she's after the Darksaber. And who's got it? The Gideon. Backing. Yeah. So this this may be cool. We have two episodes left. I'm excited. I'm very excited. And I can't wait for a third season. But we'll see where it goes. Anyway... So with that in mind, I am Zan. I'm Greta. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Hope you guys had a good uh, Thanksgiving week. And um, we're going to have some more episodes coming out of different things, including talking about TV shows. So we're Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. And keep watching movies. 
or TV shows. See ya. Bye.